0: Hey guys, Mike here. Before we get started with tonight's episode, we just wanted to give a heads up. This episode features some strong language and adult themes, so if you have any little ones around, you may want to shoo them out of the room or wait until later to listen. Hope you enjoy the episode. Pod Clubhouse. Do you love Christmas? Do you love Christmas movies? Do you wish it was Christmas time year round? Well, do we have a podcast for you.
1: Welcome to the 52 Weeks of Christmas Podcast.
0: Hallelujah! These- whoa, 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 Clark. We're keeping this show family friendly. Where's the Tylenol?
1: Welcome to week 17 of the 52 Weeks of Christmas podcast. This is Caroline.
0: And this is Mike. This week we're talking about 2017's A Bad Moms Christmas. It's a sequel to the 2016 Bad Moms. It was written and directed by Scott Moore and John Lucas, who also did Bad Moms, the original. And these are the same guys who wrote The Hangover. And I wonder if that surprises you after watching this. (laughs) I feel like there is some hangover energy in this movie
1: there definitely is it's like a lots of like we gotta have a montage lots of montages in
0: montage of liquor and dancing and wacky situations that you can't hear the audio there's a lot mm-hmm. of that in this movie uh yeah but before seeing that these are the same guys that wrote the hangover i had thought to myself this has a lot of like hangover-ish energy it really did for me well
1: it's like individual capers that they put together as a movie
0: yeah set pie- right a little vignette set pieces that just kind of get your strung together though there's a there's a decent plot here there's more of a plot and there's some more thoughtfulness in this movie than i would have guessed oh yeah Uh, it's it's an interesting one because it definitely feels like it's in that bad santa and a very harold and kumar christmas zone but but i think the same way that uh harold and kumar had actually a message there that you wouldn't have thought uh, where we're, there's some stuff to think about in that movie that you wouldn't have thought. I think this movie also uh, has, has some good thinking parts to it that I wouldn't have expected.
1: It absolutely does. It resonates with me all over the place.
0: Sure, I am definitely not the demographic to be talking about this in a perfect world this would be you <laughs> and some of your mom girlfriends talking about this movie because because I'm a dad I'm a hardworking dad I have I a lot of the same stresses that are talked about in this movie especially around Christmas time I feel I feel on um, my on um, my uh, uh, you know at the cellular level but there is something very specific I think about the mom experience that I was really actually excited to talk to you about because I, I'm curious. This movie probably hits differently than it hits me. Are they making a good point here? Are they raising a good point here? Is Christmas a particularly stressful time for you as a mom? Not as a woman, not as a wife, (laughs) not as a daughter, but as a mom in particular. Yes,
1: very stressful. And I am actually going to say that because of the type of dad you are, And that you're a single dad, I think that you definitely have a lot of the same pressures on you because there is a real sense of wanting to make it special for your kiddos and wanting everything to go just so and having to try to do that within budgets, within time constraints, you know, trying to figure out how to do this all. it's it's like a magic trick every year
0: i really liked uh mila kunis's uh, character of amy you know she she's the one i you know that i really liked but i feel like i probably identify much more with kristen bell's kiki and in particular this this scene right here hit me because you and i have even had you've had you've (laughs) walked me through a version of this conversation in the same exact way let's take a listen can't do christmas
1: with my mother it's like living with Saddam Hussein. I mean, my mom is only staying with me because I think she wants to steal my TV. Oh, I have to go Christmas tree shopping with my mother tonight. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's like it's like going on a seven-hour death march around the city. My daughter really wants a Happy Happy Princess doll, and I have looked everywhere for it, and I don't know where it is. Where is she, guys? Where is Happy Happy Princess? Oh, my God. I know it's just a doll, but... Christmas is killing me this year. (laughs) <laughs> see that's why i think when you're saying i don't think it's just a mom thing i think it's any parent that is a hundred percent in it and whomever is responsible for making it special whether you're the mom or the dad i i don't think it matters it's whatever adults is the one who's trying to make it work
0: i guess yeah for the for the hardworking parent out there that's trying to make it happen i guess i guess it doesn't mom is more of a, a of a title than mm-hmm. than a than a gendered role but uh yeah no i've had that breakdown uh not over half <laughs> Happy, happy princess doll i've had it over over certain presents that my son very much wanted and either because of cost or availability or just not being able to get it done just just standing there and where is she where's happy happy princess guys you know i i man i felt that i was like oh like a little a little sad groan came out of me i
1: absolutely relate to amy the most i i'm i'm not so kiki but here's the thing i think that everyone or or one of these women at different ages and stages. Kiki is definitely when you have a younger kiddo and that's like, you know, you have those happy, happy princess dolls kind of thing. All of us had those moments. There were certain little toys, certain little My Little Pony. Even now, I have one kid who's like, if, if it's not the exact My Little Pony that she wanted, I mean, she pretty much just, just passes the gift back across the table. Like, yeah. I don't, I can't even look at this thing right now. And she's not really trying to be a jerk. She just has so many that it, if it's not her specific one, it's just kind of over. So, um, I, and I, so I think Kiki, like, is when you have a younger kid, Amy is much more to me when you're, Trying to now settle in and have your own traditions a little bit, and sort of are out of that um, that sort of immediate need for those happy happy princesses, but you're looking for a different overall experience. And Carla's even further than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are different stages, and and the the movie actually does a really good job of even if you hadn't seen the first one, where yeah, it's Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, and Catherine Ham were the same three moms. Poor moms from the first movie. They're back for this one. You have a very good idea by the end of this movie of who each of these women are, what motivates them. And I think the movie does a really good job of, by introducing their mothers, showing you in a much deeper way, in a much better character development way than I would have expected, why they are the way they are. And I think they do a good job of explaining why the moms mom the mom's moms are the way they are <laughs> which again a whole other layer to the onion that i did not expect to get peeled in this movie yeah let's talk about the casting what do you think of mila kunis kristen bell and katherine Hahn here this is pre WandaVision, vision katherine uh han she hasn't super popped at this point um <laughs> uh, do they fit these specific roles well in a convincing way you're someone who has moms across the spectrum of different personality types do you know each of these women in your life
1: I do Catherine Hahn a little bit less only because she has an edge to her that I don't really know exactly that that woman. But um, but I definitely know the like uh, hypersexual woman for sure. But the rest of them. Yeah, there you could find them at every elementary school, middle school across the land. Catherine has an extra little something something that is a, a little harder to put your finger on when she's like, I don't have a code. Right. Yeah, she she's she's a little bit extra.
0: You know, but it's also interesting, though, because she's also the one with the, the by far the oldest child. Mm-hmm. And you, when once you meet Susan Sarandon as her mom, as ISIS, the terrorist organization, um, <laughs> as her mom, you, you you really have a good understanding of how Carla came to be who she is. But I think there is something there about her, the fact that she has the oldest child by far. I mean, her son is almost like definitely a it's high school somewhere age.
1: Somewhere between 15 and 17. 15 to 17, which, again, <laughs> you know, that was a
0: question. For you I feel like every parent at some point loses the ability to track their kid 's age maybe and maybe this is a trope, but I feel like i 've known a lot of parents, especially grandparents, who aren 't quite sure of the birthday. they have just a general generational idea of their kid 's age. Uh, I think
1: it comes at different points. I think that that happens when they're like, um, seven, eight, nine is a period where I think it's like, are you seven? No, 8 you're eight now. That that little period. But then also that 15, 16, 17, there's also that sort of little like, I mean, 14 is not that big difference from between 14 and 15. Like, there's like nothing different there. But like, you, as you're just sort of trying to kind of figure it out, I say on the regulars, like, how old are you now? And they'll be like, 17 or whatever. And like, yeah. part of, partially I do it just because it bothers them. And, <laughs> and It's just funny. I'm like, well, but you still kind of seem like 16. I don't know. You're somewhere between 15 and 17. Seems right.
0: I mean, just a whole conversation of, of them walking into the house. And she's like, so you still got that kid, huh? Mm-hmm. How old is he? And she goes, 15 to 17. It was just very funny <laughs> because it just rolled like she wasn't even going to bother wasting the energy. She knew she had the right demographic range. And yeah. that was enough.
1: I it was I like tra- was on the casting sheet. was like, find a boy between 15 and 17. Exactly
0: right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Tom is about to turn 13, and that's a, that's a decent age. That's an important age. But honestly, after he's 13, when I look back on it, I track his ages really by his school years. That has a much larger impact on me than necessarily his age does.
1: So but then once they get to high school, they're just in high
0: school. And they're just so – right, so
1: right. you kind of get it why it kind of mushes out. Oh, for know? sure.
0: And Well, he goes to a Montessori school, so his grades have always been first, second, and third graders together, fourth, mm. fifth, sixth graders together together. And now he's with seventh and eighth graders. So all along, it's always been somewhere where you were in first to third grade, or somewhere yeah. where you were where fourth to sixth Seven, eight, grade. Nine, <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere in that three-year age gap. Yeah. Uh, you, I remember you went on this thing. So, which of the mom pressures that we see in the movie did really spoke to you and resonated the most with you? And here, here are the ones that I saw. The big categories. You let me know if I'm missing any. The okay. the pressure of decorating your house. The pressure of present shopping for everyone you've ever met, even your coffee guy. Yes, uh, cooking that the the, yes. the pressure to make a lot of food or just generally keeping up with the Joneses. They, we were joking before we started recording about are lobster hats a thing? Yes. uh which, which of those <laughs> really spoke to you? Because one of them very particularly spoke to me. So I'm curious which one? Oh, which one?
1: I think for me it's probably present shopping for everyone I ever met because that used to be such a thing when the kids were in elementary school. Specifically, it seemed like the bus driver, the mailman, the you know the. Crawler, crossing guard that like everybody needed to have a gift now that they're in high school ages that's really fallen off quite a bit but there is that that kiki pressure that she's having at that age and stage where she has four little ones there's probably so many little supporting adults in that in that life that yeah it's it's absolutely overwhelming every year i would just buy like 10 of the same thing like for because i don't know i'm like well there's bound to be a bus aid somewhere or somebody i'm gonna need this for and it kills you and in cost and everything it makes me nuts
0: all second cousins get a sriracha uh, scented candle yes yes (laughs) because they were two for one at at bath and body works everyone gets the same scented candle
1: everyone needs lotion (laughs) jesus you know when
0: i moved into the building and I learned how many doormen are here and like and like maintenance staff. Like I remember specifically groaning uh, and I, I moved here originally in an October and I remember groaning to myself that come Christmas time, it was going to be an absolute nightmare of getting like Dunkin' Donuts gift cards and like little mugs yeah. and stuff because I, you know, you, you do the thing. I've lived in apartment buildings when I was younger and yeah, having to get for the whole staff.
1: Like, and, you, and you're so scared you're going to miss somebody. Like I always have like yeah. a, like a box of like extra stuff or yeah. like, I have like a gift card and a, and a Christmas card in the car with me because if like someone walks up to open the door for like you know loading up for school and I didn't give it I was like oh I just missed you know I didn't see you today <laughs> and I'm like oh. like but also having to buy for other people's family like the other side of the family or whatever oh my gosh oh mm. I again I'm past that stage though like that was such a kiki stage I'm definitely in more of the Amy stage where I'm like everybody can fend for themselves you need to buy presents for your own parents your own whatever. Whatever. Everybody, everyone knows each other well enough and is perfectly grown to pick out presents. There
0: have been a number of years where we've pulled into the Dunkin' Donuts a uh, lot the last day before Christmas vacation, and I've given Tom like $120 and I've said, go inside, buy as many $15 Dunkin' Donuts gifts cards as this money will take you because you have so many teachers and teachers aides. Every time they add one to the staff, I groan. I'm like, "Ugh, it's another, <laughs> it's another present, you know? Yeah. So your head teacher, you know, gets like a $25 one and then $15 for every else here just cash and go pick out cards that look cute kind of thing
1: so hard
0: yeah this clip from kiki was really funny to me because not only is it dealing with buying gifts for people that you don't want to have to buy gifts for that shouldn't be your responsibility but then you get crappy gifts in return which is mm. annoying so here you go listen listen to this get my husband my presents for his own mom i don't even like his mom she blames her farts on my kids <laughs> you know what i do with a big dumb son every november I just go into his room, grab a bunch of random crap, wrap it up, give it to him on Christmas. He doesn't even notice. Seriously? Oh
1: my god! I've given him the same baseball glove like nine times.
0: (laughs) Mm. Wait, how lame are the gifts that your family
1: gives you? I spend months picking out the perfect gift for everyone in my family, and Mm. all I ever get is coupons for free back rubs.
0: Oh, that's so wrong. You know what my son gave me last year for Christmas? A box of Ziploc baggies. (laughs) I think I'll probably just wrap it up and give it back to him again this Christmas. I'm just like a a, a giant stress ball from November to New Year's. I just want to enjoy Christmas again. Which, which. It's such a good point. And there's actually an outtake where Kristen Bell adds onto there. and they're bad back rubs. Yes, really bad yes.
1: back rubs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was well, really
1: funny. So I so a couple parts of that. So the Carlos thing, oh my gosh, Mike, I have absolutely one hundred percent went too. into the closet and found presents that they never really paid any attention to and rewrapped those suckers.
0: I remember very specifically, Tom was it was he was nine uh it was christmas time he had gotten presents when he was 10 i remember i remember being annoyed at seeing a present and this was like in september or october Following that Christmas, seeing a seeing a present that still had like wrapping paper, like taped yeah. to it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember very specifically taking it from his room, walking it to my closet and being like, this mofo is getting this thing again.
1: <laughs> I have and given God it help thing.
0: him if he doesn't open at least <laughs> open the stupid packaging oh in gosh. this next year.
1: I have totally given a baseball glove on multiple occasions. It has absolutely been re-given. It's just one of those things that it's like, sometimes you feel like you just have to fill it out. And they didn't go into this with this with this group of moms, but but also when you have larger families or if you have siblings that are also opening presents, like there's a whole thing of like how many presents are my kids opening? How many presents are my siblings' kids opening? And so you have to like fill it out, even though like, you know, you have plenty uh-huh. of presents for your uh-huh. kid, but you feel like that's what those baseball gloves and you know all that kind of crap is really like filling and you're like oh my gosh i just don't have enough doesn't look good enough speak about keeping up with the joneses
0: my son was opening uh christmas presents with his baby cousin or really who's not a baby anymore but a much younger cousin uh this past christmas um and uh I remember him coming to me afterwards and he was very happy. He was very appreciative. Tom has always been very good about presents and being very thankful for the stuff he's gotten, but the older he gets the much smaller his haul because his presents become expensive, more expensive per present. And they're tinier because they're usually video games or some kind of electronic. And they just don't take up the same space as little kids presents do where they're power wheels or stuff like that. And I remember having to like make him realize that. And he, he totally listened and understood and he kind of pitied, His cousin, which was what I was trying to get him to, like (laughs) emotional, like, yeah, you got big boxes, little boy, but like, you know, they're big, dumb gifts. Like I got, you know, (laughs) the highest tech out there in the world, even though it came like a little box. And that was kind of emotionally (laughs) where I was trying to get him to. So it wasn't like a layer. So he didn't like wedgie or give the kid a swirly or something later on. Oh my Um, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. For being a little bit jealous. But let's talk about bad presents though. Have you ever been a recipient of the, the coupons for bad back rubs? Or or something of the like. What's a bad present that sticks out? Uh,
1: oh, Saturday Night Live's like, um, and I Got a Robe, it was like about the funniest song this past Christmas that they put out because... I know so many moms who are like, and I got a robe because it is at like every checkout, every checkout counter at CVS, Walgreens, everywhere has like a mom robe sitting there packaged with a ribbon on it. And it's like everyone gets a robe. It's just what everyone gets. It's so super funny. And I'm appreciative when it's a robe I really want. And I have specific tastes, but I'm telling you every single mom gets a robe. And that song, I was just like, I fell down on the floor laughing. I was like, oh my God, what's the dad equivalent? Do you guys i'll get like a tie what's a dad equivalent a mug
0: yeah i mean i i actually my favorite presents ever gotten from tom have actually been mugs so that mm-hmm. actually is a good present for me because that for whatever reason they are but uh i used to from my mother-in-law back in the day i would get a lot of like regifted things that were given to her and and she and i oh, did God. not have similar interests <laughs>
1: That's really funny,
0: and uh, I mean the the, the the Venn diagram of things that we agreed about and had common interest in was very very small. The overlap, oh, and so, so yeah, I mean I remember like you know little Thomas Kincaid like little puzzles, oh, like jigsaw God. puzzles, things yes. like that stick out in my mind. Uh, yeah, the the tie, the shirt that doesn't that is not is someone's measurements, but not your measurements. Yes, you know.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, that's yeah, really funny. You know, the,
0: <laughs> the, the the shirt that's actually a blouse and you know because the buttons are on the wrong side and oh also not your side yeah i've had the gamut in my life i've had the gamut in my life but i actually just got a i actually got a mug from tom this past christmas and it's, it's actually my Twitter photo, um, my personal account kind of my Twitter photo. I loved it. It was great because I had told him the one that I had been using for years at this point was starting to show its age, was starting to get tripped. And I remember it was like over the summer. And I, I remember mentioning to him, I was like, you know, Tom, this mug is you know, starting to show its age a little bit, you know, like, I think dad's going to need like a new one soon. And, and that was all I ever said. Months went by, come to Christmas in there where it was like a new, like, I love dad mug kind of thing and that meant a lot to me because he held on to it like that that like long period of time uh so i give him a lot of credit for that one but yeah, yeah no awesome. i I've, I've gotten some wacky th- this is a present for someone but I don't know how my name got on this packaging <laughs> at all.
1: It just became because every single person you've ever met needs to get a present. And it's like, ah, you get, like, overwhelmed.
0: No, I mean, I, I've I've had the experience, and especially if you start shopping for Christmas presents for your parents. Uh, this was an experience I had, again, with in-laws where they, like, reimburse you, but part of that is you have to buy your own presents. I don't know if this is a thing you've yes. had to experience. So you yes. end up opening up stuff that you actually purchased.
1: Yes, yes. But
0: it's quote unquote <laughs> from mom and dad or some mm-hmm. some equivalent Like
1: I love these boots. Thank you. But it's like I totally bought the boots. Yes, I, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I literally you already have the receipt yourself. It's in yeah. your pile I might even be
1: wearing it like right then and be like, and I got these pants.
0: <laughs> this was a precursors yeah. gift. I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. You know uh-huh. stuff like that. Completely.
1: So. Yeah. 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 No, I think definitely moms get forgotten. I mean I've had this conversation with a lot of moms. It's actually really quite sad because when they go down and do like stockings especially there's like tons of of different stockings that are, that are filled up with the kids. There's and always dad. one
0: sad empty stocking.
1: The mom. It's the mom's nobody fills hers and it is so sad.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> I really know. Yeah. So like again, another example of like, I, I know this is like a really slapsticky movie and it's got a lot of like kind of, you know, bridesmaid-esque kind of humor or the hangover-esque kind of humor, really just going for the laugh. But there's some like really resonating things in here. Oh,
1: they found the nuggets. I think so. Really I need did. to ask you, they, though, of the mothers, the adult mothers, if you were the grandmothers, Ruth, Isis or Sandy, who do you relate to in that group?
0: i mean if i'm being perfectly honest i am much more of a sandy uh Mm -hmm. i've already i've already threatened tom i I, well i i i mean he probably takes it as a threat i take it as something loving that like he never has to worry about getting rid of me i will follow him around wherever he moves to
1: (laughs) When she came out in those pajamas, I was like, Oh man, Caroline Mike is definitely a Sandy.
0: Yeah, I really am. I mean, I don't, I don't have any Tom head pajamas, but that's only because I don't know if that's a thing that I can actually have made, but I would totally have. It. <laughs> there is an outtake of Cheryl Hines in that scene and it goes on. The out, the outtake of it goes on for quite a while where in like her little tiny baby like voice that she uses, she's like, Do you know how many kiki heads are on my pajamas? (laughs) There are 34 kiki heads on my pajamas. Oh my gosh. I counted them. I even included like the half heads like here and here because (laughs) of a seam. But I counted them. And I love oh my, my Kiki gosh. head like it goes on and like just in like this little tiny voice, like she's ashamed of herself, but also loves it so, so much that she sat there and counted all the Kiki heads on her pajamas. That is so yeah. funny. I mean, yeah. So if I'm being honest, I'm definitely a Sandy for sure. <laughs> uh I I hope I hope when he's older, I'll have more boundaries or a boundary as Kiki's husband says, you know, <laughs> she has to get boundaries. She has to at least get a boundary. <laughs> I, I hope so, because man, he'll never speak to me. But, uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely felt her. But I've known all of these moms. I mean, I've known, I've known the Amy, the Kiki, the Carla, but I've known the Ruth, the Isis, and the Sandy. You know, I'm one of those guys. I've always been friends with, with uh, women more than guys, always and and moms in particular have always liked me i've always been a favorite whenever when i was younger and i would go over to friends houses the moms always really liked me i was like i was like a really sincere eddie haskell type i guess like moms just really really like me i'm very non-threatening i'm very funny i'm very helpful like i'll go you know take out your garbage come over your house i'll go like, you know i'll do chores whatever <laughs> um so i i've in my life have come across i feel like all of these moms the the ruth the the christine Baransky though is a next level kind of real mega B uh, <laughs> that man. I re- you really feel bad for anyone who has her as a mom. You feel bad for the Peter Gallagher type. You have to imagine he's mainlining cocaine or drinking heavily.
1: Oh my gosh. When he, when, when they walk in and she says, sorry, we're late. He drives like a girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 this is that. That was like her first line. Yeah. I, I was yeah. like, oh my god, this is so funny. I have to tell you though, I think that I'm actually a mix of a Sandy and a Ruth because my mom's mom was more strict with her, and then my mom, when it's when it comes down to it, it's not being so so hard. But okay, the entire scene about dicking around. First of all, that is 100% something my parents say. Like, they're like, are you dicking around? And I'm like, I'm not dicking around. And they're like, I feel like you're dicking around. I'm like, I'm not dicking around. Like, we have had that exact dicking around conversation. And she goes, dick, dick, dick.
0: The, the beauty of it is that she, she like, like uh, it, they stop. And then Mila Kudis just can't resist it. She's like, I'm not digging around. Like she like there's like a <laughs> yeah. whole beat where like, she's like, I'm not done with this argument. I need to have the last word.
1: It's but those but those exact words have been said between me and my parents. That's so really a thousand percent like I understand it. Now here's the thing.
0: And then turning my, it around to say, well, enough with the bad language. Like you started it. You're the one who said digging it around first, mom, you know?
1: Yep, a thousand percent on that front as well. It's 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 not about being so strict, but it's about the tradition, keeping whatever the tradition are that is where the Ruth side for my family is like hardcore like you have to do it the same way we've always done it even if it doesn't make sense anymore even if nobody wants to do that anymore right doesn't matter you have to still do it like I was really looking longingly at that Chinese dinner at the end I was like oh man that'd be so fun (laughs) I'd really like to do that but I'm gonna do that I have to eat ham
0: well, well, that's an interesting question that I had watching this movie because you and I, I feel like on this podcast, have had this conversation a couple of times of the pressure of doing Christmas the way it's always been done. Mm. Uh, and and the importance of the tradition the right you know rites and rituals and the traditions versus like branching out and there's a whole conversation uh, it follows the bad back robes scene where they have the idea of taking back christmas Is, is that realistic is that a worthwhile goal or is it is part of the price of having a family that has traditions is that you have to live with the traditions and you really can't change them until the generation before you is dead. You know, like, is is that, is that what the price of, is that the cost of admission is?
1: Let me tell you, for my own self, I got to a point where I was very much ready to be done with certain traditions. And I was like, man, I just I just don't care about certain things anymore. I just we've done it for so long. I just want to do it totally differently. And it was actually my kids saying, hang on a minute. We're not going to aunt Diane's and doing that. Hang on a minute. We're it. And when I realized how important it was to them that's when I could like back off and actually hilariously that's what happens in this movie it's really Amy's kids saying I get it that you have a problem with the way that grandma does stuff but we actually like grandma and we like it the way that she doesn't and that's practically what happened to me where I was just like you guys I don't want to it's too much of a big deal let's just let's just do something else and they were like no no, no. like we rely on this and we like this and I was like oh man because that is family tradition right you pass it on to the next generation and then they were already picking up the mantle when I was like ready to be like uh I don't know if it's worth all this. They were like, it is and we care and we're doing it.
0: I totally appreciate that but I am going to take umbrage though with Amy's kids those kids suck because <laughs> because at one point where you're sitting down and Jay is with them uh, or Jesse is with them uh, it's Jay Hernandez plays him um, and and his little daughter and they're all sitting on the couch and the kids are like mom this is really fun can we have Christmas like this and and yeah. Amy is like yeah my god yes I, this is what I want you to do and that's becomes her motivating thing like she doesn't want to do her mother's Christmas for herself for sure but she also thinks Thinks that she's trying to save her kids because of the messages she's getting from her kids.
1: Yeah, even when they're going to go to the nutcracker in the car, and they're like, "Oh, we don't want to go." Like she thinks she's saving them,
0: right? Because that's the because that's literally what they're saying to her. And uh, and then these little bastards, they ask her, they back, they stab her in the back. And they say, you drove off grandma like you drove off dad. Uh. Caroline, do you know why the father is not in the picture in this movie? Do you know why Amy is divorcing her the, her husband, whose name is Mike, by the way? It's sadly, unfortunately.
1: If I remember
0: correctly, he
1: uh, he cheated on her. He's
0: a cheater with a cam girl. You little shit. I didn't drive off your father. He couldn't keep his wick out of someone else's honeypot. Good Lord.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was. I,
0: had, I wanted to put those kids out in the lawn.
1: yeah make them be a part of the christmas display (laughs)
0: yeah did you see did you see uh the dancing ladies
1: saw all of them yes
0: uh did you see the faces on the dancing ladies
1: was it was it mila and was it um natalie portman because i noticed they were ballerina that were real person's faces
0: it was they were all mila kunis's face which is obviously like a little black swan uh yes 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 yes
1: Super funny. Super funny. funny. Well, well, before we leave casting, I have to ask you, I know you love Christine Baranski. How are your feelings on Susan Sarandon and Cheryl Hines?
0: I love Cheryl Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I thought she was always great. I think she does a great job here. And I think I really buy her as Kristen Bell's mom, uh, as Kiki's mom. Uh, or, you know, Kristen Bell, because this is not this is Kristen Bell is a little bit of a chameleon because sometimes, you know, you get like uh, the the Eleanor. Right. Was that her name on The Good Place? Um, yeah. yeah you, so you get that Kristen Bell, which is kind of like an edge, right? A really sarcastic Kristen Bell. But then you get this Kristen Bell, who's like very kind of sweet and timid and doesn't want to push back against the kind of system. Uh, Kristen Bell and that character, that Kiki, I think to Cheryl Hines is really good matching uh, yeah, for her. I for her it was mom Perfect. I like Susan Sarandon fine. I like all of her movies. You know, I think of her still as like like from Bull Durham. Like mm. that's what I go all the way back to for her is like probably like my favorite movie of hers. I'm Thelma and Louise. Sure. Yeah. And Thelma and Louise never spoke to me the way it spoke to other people, but I always really appreciated her character and the role she had in Bull Durham. As Susan Sarandon has gotten older and- I, I, I've been thinking about how to say this properly all day, getting ready for to record this. There's something dirty about Susan Sarandon. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I I think it's
1: dirty meaning what? Dirty meaning like sassy, sexy? Or no, dirty meaning, no, 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 like, dirty like she seems like she lives in a trailer park. And- yes, that not yeah, like the no, sa- totally. Like, I don't
0: mind that, but there's something like her this character of ISIS that she's playing here mm-hmm. is very much what I think of Susan Sarandon. Uh, in like her later years.
1: That's really funny because I actually commented out loud that I think this, this wardrobe is actually Susan Sarandon's in real life.
0: Yeah. That's how much
1: I relate her to this ISIS character as well.
0: Yeah. Like I feel like I wouldn't want, I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, (laughs) I just really like I really think, again, and great, great casting in that way. You know, because she matches
1: up so well with Carla.
0: She really does. Get that
1: same vibe. the, the, the,
0: The casting here is really spot on. I mean, there is some ethnicity issues maybe with Amy, with Mila Kunis and her look. And I mean, so Mila Kunis is a Ukrainian Jew by like birth. and and who like emigrated from ukraine like when it was still like a soviet country uh Mm -hmm. in like the 80s in like like ninety one or ninety two, she comes to America and becomes like an American citizen. But like, where I look at Christine Baranski and Peter Gallagher, and I do not see the parentage.
1: See, I think Peter saves it because I felt the same exact way. I thought, okay, she does not match the looks wise to Christine Baranski, but I think that that like Peter's dark eyebrows and that, that's his, a good call. Yeah, I, there's something there that I think he, she looks more like him.
0: Yes, I, I, you know what, thinking about that out loud and, and talking it out loud, you you're absolutely right. But there is such a disconnect between because because Cheryl Hines flows to uh, Kristen <laughs> oh, Bell. My goodness.
1: When they're still wearing the same barrette in their hair. And oh my thing. lord!
0: You know, I mean, and, and I mean, she has so much clothing with Kristen Bell's face on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then you have Susan Sarandon flows down to Catherine Hahn as oh,
1: so well as
0: Carla here. So well, You there's like a little bit of a record scratch. If I had my sound, but I would load, I would play my record scratch <laughs> sound for Christine Baranski down to Mila Kunis. But yeah. I and think
1: especially because Mila's like a petite, tiny little girl and Christine is not, you know, she she's thin, but she's tall. She's and, tall and know?
0: she's a total force of nature, which is the she character is. there. I watched a, I watched a bunch of interviews with the three of them they did a lot of press when this movie came out they were given the opportunity mila and Catherine were given the opportunity of picking who they wanted to play their mom and the uh writer directors uh scott moore and john lucas said well email them like write them a letter and like ask who you want and mila kunis came upon christine baranski and and this is a power phrase of her quote but it was basically christine baranski makes me nervous Like, seeing her makes me feel nervous. And so when I was thinking of who I'd want to play my mom, like, she came to mind right away because she makes me nervous.
1: She is intimidating, that's for sure.
0: She's a force of nature who is super, super intimidating. And she always is. I mean, this is our second Christine Baranski holiday movie, right? She's in the Jim Carrey uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And she's really intimidating in that movie you know she she's the she's the who uh who is like doing like the light uh the light extravaganza so a very similar kind of a type uh a type personality character so i like that idea so she emailed her and christine baranski said yeah without even really like reading the script or anything that's awesome. Yeah, and then they went and pitched her. And same with uh, Catherine Hahn, thought of, like, Susan Tarandon. She was like, oh, my God, I would love to have Susan Tarandon play my mom, emailed her and said, and Susan Sarandon wrote back, like, right away, like, yeah, of course, like, I would love to do that. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, Kristen Bell and Cheryl Hines actually had worked together. They knew each other. And so Kristen Bell was like, well, Cheryl Hines, like, she was able actually just to ask her because they are actually friends. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's only, like, a 15-year age difference between Cheryl Hines and Kristen Bell. They're actually pretty close in age.
1: But that works so well because you know sandy was supposed to be 18 when she had kiki and i agree with you so much about how they bothered to give a backstory we know exactly how isis grew up how sandy grew up how ruth grew up when she when ruth goes my mother slapped me for wearing open-toed shoes on a sailboat (laughs) like drink came out of my mouth because
0: that's not the humor though because the humor humor is is like well what a hard way to grow up she was like this was two months ago (laughs) There's something so Connecticut about Christine Baranski. There's
1: still the whole open toe shoes on a sailboat gets slapped. That is so my like my existence. of just like, oh, my gosh. And then like having to go down to my kids generation and be like, please, your hair has to look nice. Please like wear something. And here's what I always just end up saying. Mimi's going to see you. Don't get me in trouble with Mimi. Like that's the whole thing
0: oh my god every time tom goes out for like a, a recital or something I, I'm, I'm sitting there i'm tugging at his pants i'm putting his shirt in not not because i particularly care i do but and i and i say, i was like i don't want you to look like an unmade bed but it's more just because i don't want to hear it myself like you let your son go out that way i don't want to get that text message i don't want to get a picture like some kind of like uh like telephoto lens picture of you let your oh son gosh. look like this yeah you know oh uh, no that whole scene in sky's was so so funny because exactly you know exactly who all these women are and then yeah. sandy you know still grieving the loss of her husband so of yes. course she's turning towards her daughter then to like latch on in a way that she probably wouldn't have when otherwise. she leaned
1: in and she goes when they put when they put you on my chest when you're first born and i leaned in and i said i'm gonna be your best friend forever i was like oh my god it was like that muppet voice it was so
0: funny i mean i also may have bay or may not have said that to tom when he i know was also you have infant.
1: that's what's like cracking me up because yeah. I, I know in your yeah. heart you are sandy
0: yeah i really am it's really Just don't t- ever terrifying. be
1: in the room with him having sex with somebody.
0: no please. no <laughs> please no. <laughs> no, no, no. See, but like, uh, see, I have boundaries. I have like, okay. you know, and, like there are limits. I understand where like she went wrong there. Like that yeah. was no, no. It's was much she, more of like I bought season. the house across the street kind of yeah. level of and I, like you know I w- I don't think I have any clothes with his picture on it. I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Guys, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no. Like I would totally buy a house across the street, but no, I wouldn't be in this room. Uh, you know, while he was having sex. So. <laughs>
1: But I like how you like kinda said that so like would I no, I wouldn't be.
0: No, no, that's a hard no, no, no. I got that piece. I really had to think about do I have any clothes with this picture on it. Because oh my
1: god. Yeah, you did have to think about it. That's, a, that's like in a realm of do. like
0: I was like, man, there might be like a like a t-shirt, <laughs> like an iron-on t-shirt, maybe. That's but really no, no, funny. no, 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 no.
1: Oh my so. gosh. Okay, let's talk about the supporting roles, because there were some really great cameos in this oh, one. For
0: sure, for sure. Well, we talked a little bit about Peter Gallagher. I love Peter Gallagher. I love when he shows up in a movie or a TV show. No, TV or movie is going to be all bad if Peter Gallagher is there, because Mm -hmm. the man is a light in the world that we all need a little bit more of. The eyebrows, (laughs) his whole personality, even when he's playing a bad guy, even though he's really abandoned playing bad guys, he mostly just plays really sweet dad types now. I'm here for it. I love that whole arc of Peter Gallagher. Uh, you know, playing like the sweet kind of goofy dad. He does yeah. some really fun stuff here, where he's where he's ironing the pajamas. Like that's something mm. I've done. But, and like speaking like gentle truth. Ironed
1: people's pajamas? Oh, wow! I've
0: ironed things that shouldn't have been ironed. Yeah, because obviously, you know, like a sweet kind of like very concierge esque partner (laughs) oh my goodness Uh, but like and and but also at the same time giving kind of gentle truth to power you know like telling her like oh i'm so happy it's all about the kids like he's he's ripping her he's he's trying to make her see in a very gentle way born of long time marriage uh, yeah. I really liked his character. I don't know what you thought about him.
1: Oh, I loved him. I thought, I, I think he's great. I know him from uh, While You Were Sleeping was one of my fir- first Oh,
0: sure, Peter yeah.
1: Gallagher's. And and I, I love him. I love him as a character.
0: Well, he's also, uh, he's uh, he's the dad from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist most recently mm-hmm. on NBC. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, again, playing the gentle dad. I think of him in a bad guy role going back to center stage, which Ooh. also came up on the Black Swan episode we did with Will from Soul Mom watching the show because he plays a really kind of slimy bad guy in that movie, but also does that really, really well, you know? <laughs> so I, it's the eye. Justin right.
1: Hartley, man. Oh, gosh. From This Is Us. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty exciting. He was a perfect, perfect match for this role.
0: I have in my notes here a a question for you because you guys obviously covered This Is Us, you and Paul Mm -hmm. uh, of Pod Clubhouse. Uh, Would the ratings for This Is Us be higher if Justin Hartley performed as Ty Swindell or just as a sexy Santa number two? You know, This Is Us is a little dip this year. You know, do you think this is what they need to really perk up the show?
1: They actually had more of him with his shirt off this season. Um, And they talked a lot more about like he did. He like worked out this season and like had his shirt off that was not the huge at all so yeah no i think they are kind of leaning into a little tie swindell
0: I mean, the whole thing i mean the idea of him like having no reaction to getting uh waxed
1: i'm not even sure what that meant
0: i i think it was just a, a like because he's had it done so often like
1: he's so desensitized and he's so desensitized area.
0: but in a way that like turned her on though like yeah. i think she likes that he handles she the pain does. so well like she, she you know, like she, she, he's like a little bit of a unicorn for her in that way, um, mm-hmm. because like you know, she has a very long rant about wax and pussies, you know, oh, much know. more than you would expect <laughs> from your average Christmas movie, and yeah, so. But ta- I
1: could understand that man. I could not deal with that job
0: oh my god when when the really bearded lady uh yeah, her, she's like no no sasquatch no no not for you <laughs> she's
1: like i but, can't do with you but
0: then she kind of starts licking her lips like like a like a lioness looking at like the betty white she's like come on betty white <laughs> i'm intrigued hysterical <laughs> so random and so funny
1: <laughs> yeah carla's character is really wild that's what i'm saying like she's so extra like i don't know anybody who would be so far as to say like i'm intrigued like but i do know people who would be like all right i'm with you like the kissing the girl at the Victoria's Secret handing out the little samples. I know girls like that, but it's like funny. It's like an extra step.
0: Yeah, but right, because it's enough that you spiked the free shots mm-hmm. uh, that they're giving out with booze that you bought yourself, right? But then at the end of the montage, after you've made the girl... I don't know they made her, but she, like, starts taking shots herself that she, like, then kisses her really, like, really, a really sloppy kiss, too. I have to ask you, though, and it's just between us, no one else listening. Have you... you ever been to a sexy Santa competition at a bar, Caroline? At a bar or anywhere else? Is this a thing that you and your friends have done on, like, the regular for the Christmas time holiday? No,
1: I, I've never even heard of it, to be honest with you. Have you?
0: No, man, but, man, if I could have been a doppelganger for that first Santa... You know, cause no, I, I cause I, well, cause I can dance. I'm like a pretty good dancer. I have pretty good moves. My hips move pretty well. I've, I've, I've got some, I've got a little bit of, you know, moves like Jagger, but like okay. when he opens up the top and he's all sorts of jiggle, uh, very, <laughs> very Santa Claus-esque, uh, later okay. life Santa Claus. Yeah. I've really identified with Santa number one.
1: My favorite part was when he actually like squeezed his boobs and was acting like it was like a machine gun kind of thing.
0: Uh, I mean, anyone who knows me has ever watched uh, a dodgeball, a story of the an underdog story, knows yeah. I love a guy squeezing his boobs together and singing the milkshake song. Oh, my uh, God. This is the after credit scene uh, with uh, Ben Stiller. So
1: that's super funny. No, no sexy Santas. I've never heard of that.
0: Well, then let me ask you this question. What says Christmas time to you more? Wax pussies and going to Thunder Down Under with male strippers out by the airport or sushi and Kenny G at a Christmas party?
1: Oh, life experience sushi and, and Kenny G at a Christmas party.
0: Mm.
1: What would be more fun? <laughs> Definitely Thunder Down Under and, and, and the, the Santa Dances. You're
0: so, so, By funny. far. <laughs> I mean, th- these are the options that we're putting. These are how the women are celebrating Christmas here. I've so.
1: had far more hors d'oeuvres on Christmas Eve than I have uh, packages dancing in my face.
0: I mean... Uh, the uh, Justin Hartley, Ty wendell Boner, the ever-present Boner in his shorts. It was funny. It's wa- it's worth it just to watch the blooper gag reels from that scene because there's a bunch of them where Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis are just not able to keep their their shit together at all, laughing hysterically, <laughs> while C- Catherine Hahn is just shouting out things. She, you know, I I think she says something like "Put a baby in me, like Santa oh Number gosh. two in the movie. In the blooper, she says, you know, like I want to buy a House with you in a good good school district and raise baby like <laughs> it's like it's really long it's really really super 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 funny though um, I was
1: super curious about how much of. Of the various little lines like that, like when she said "I broke my cock" when they were doing the decorating, were just improv lines.
0: The "broke my cock" seemed like it was a straight improv line where the cookie broke
1: it had to be right. And, she yeah. just, and
0: they just kept it in there. I, I didn't yeah, get confirmation I think. of that, but it struck me as the most possible improv scenario. I, I like that the so. I like that the penis cookie comes back and Christine Baranski yes. takes she bites just the tip later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, and and was, she
1: makes that that eyebrow look like you know we're not. I I actually super appreciated that the sexuality part continued into the grandma lane because there was that part like when Susan Sarandon's like hitting on Peter Gallagher and Christine Branson's like let him have fun it's fine.
0: Like yeah. I was like have had oh, it he's he's this. earned it. Yeah. yeah,
1: like I totally love that they are not acting like like it all ends at the at the Carla level.
0: Yeah, no, I and yes, and and obviously, I mean Sandy, very happy with with uh, Kiki having you know a husband with a working penis again, which oh is a which gosh. is a recurring line. I think because I think he had a, a never hard penis in the first movie. <laughs> I think that was one of their marital issues.
1: So many children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. But yeah. So yeah. No. Th- I like the fact that sexuality is not bad in this movie. It's not talked down because, mm-hmm. especially when you get a group of women and generationally with women, you have well, you have Christine Baranski talking about in that same Sky Zone scene. She's talking about her mother. She's like, "I got my ears pierced when I was fifteen, and my mother called me a haw You know, <laughs> and like you know, like they, they, sexuality is not a bad word here. It's they're they're being fully encouraged at all the generations, uh, even the little girl. You know, when Ty Swindell Uh, shows his love in the ancient form of dance at the end she's like oh my fucking god you know like you know and kids cursing kids cursing is always funny
1: that particular kid that was her main line that was
0: her main line and you know she's she said it with relish every time
1: yes she did she she had a pass to say and she was gonna say it
0: she did there's probably three hours of film of just her saying it different ways like she's doing like a meister acting exercise like oh Oh my my fucking god Oh my, oh my fucking good. god! <laughs> oh my god! Fucking god! You know, like just yeah. A, yeah, that whole scene was always really funny where he picks her up and he start humping, and then she's like, "That's oh. my son!" And then Tyson Bell is like, uh,
1: "Like nice to meet nice you, nice to Hi. meet you," it's, and like yeah. the son
0: is just kind of like he's so checked out, he's just like, "Hey, it's really nice to meet you too." He like, was as
1: enthralled as everyone.
0: He was really into it. He's like, "Look he at my was. mom getting that that big yeah. dick." So yeah, <laughs> PD. Yeah, they get bd and then he's like i'm just gonna take you right over here and like they leave the room Honestly, I, <laughs> I just go hump in the living room while they eat chinese like, dinner i was
1: so into that i was like it was good stuff and you know what that like talk about like a christmas dream come true she had had kind of told her little like secret to her mom that she was really feeling sad that she was by herself at christmas so i felt so happy that she like got what she wanted
0: there was such a funny line there, and it, and it goes by so quickly, and Justin Harley doesn't get enough credit in this, because obviously everyone's looking at his dick, everyone's looking at his abs, right? But he delivers some really funny lines in this, and one of the funniest lines in the whole movie, and I didn't picture, I didn't capture the clip, and I should have. She says, how did you even find me? And his response is, I just looked for you. Yeah. It, it it means nothing. It's ridiculous. What? You found her out here. I just look for you. But he says it with such earnestness. Yes. It made me, it made me laugh out loud, very, very hard. Okay, do
1: you want to know the part that, that cracked me up the hardest about everything with him was when they're all sitting around and he first comes up to do the Santa number two dance. The you know, Mila's like drooling and Carla's like, oh, you know, I'm like dating him. And Kristen Bell goes, he has such kind eyes. Ha ha! I have said that so many times. Like oh. where I'm like I'm like attracted to someone and I, I don't want to say anything about the rest of them and so I'm all like they they have such kind eyes. Like I have said that. Like I I I absolutely just like cracked up. I was like that is so freaking me. I would say that exact thing. And then she says something after that which now I'm blinking, but she says something after that that I equally say and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like a mess. Like how much I I yeah, I've said those exact words."
0: It's very very funny. Uh so- some other funny stuff that, uh, just getting back to also cameos, Kenny G, really having a, really having a good time poking fun of it yes. himself. When she's throwing them out and she calls it a flute, he's like, I'm still getting paid. But then he leaves it, he's leaving, he turns it back, he's like, it's not a flute, bitch! So <laughs> funny, Kenny
1: G! The very end, when he's writing his, his not-flute, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. That's
0: a great, great segue, though, because the, this is a movie of montages, just kind of like The Hangover was. So I wanted to ask you, of the montages, which one ended up being your favorite? And just to remind you and to remind anyone who's still listening, you have drunk mall shopping with the Santa lap dance that ends with them stealing the Lady Footlocker Christmas tree. You have Sky Zone montage that includes dodgeball, and I think there's something very cathartic about dodgeball.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. Uh,
0: you have the Save Christmas montage after the after the midnight mass scene, where Christine Baranski and Mila Kunis like get their entire house together and clean up presumably copious amounts of camel shit. I have to imagine. Oh, <laughs> and they get Christmas all in order for their house. You have the whole caroling for uh, around the neighborhood for the caroling cup where she's dressed like Ebenezer Scrooge with a broken dick nose. And then you have the sexy dancing dancing credits, uh, a sexist, a sexy Christmas dancing credits that also has Kenny G. Which of those <laughs> stuck out to you as like the funniest montage or or a couple oh. of them?
1: Okay, well, so I would say probably the drunk mall shopping part made me laugh because I love the idea of just, like, going to the food court and, like, getting drunk and then trying to do your Christmas shopping. I think that that was, like, really funny. I have to tell you, as much as the Santa lap dance thing should have been funny to me it didn't work i don't know why i didn't like what they were doing exactly i think there's things they could have done that would have been funnier um it just i don't it didn't land for me and i like stuff like that i think that stuff's funny but oh, i don't know it didn't work and then stealing the street at the end i think was pretty funny the sky mall stuff it seemed like such a product placement thing that they were almost using like stock footage at points that i was like hmm
0: but you also have ISIS, though, going off with the worker again. Yeah, and and yeah. no one talks about it. Like, she just yeah. kind of nods at him, and he just kind of is like, yep. And he just, like, walks off with
1: her. He, and he his really his arm around he, her, he has Yeah, you have to, like,
0: really be paying attention, because it it's yeah. never comes up again. But she, like, goes and she fucks yeah. the Sky Zone worker.
1: Yeah, she totally does. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's a job, so, though, at
0: the end, though, which is great. I know. <laughs> in charge of, In charge of children's safety. And I love, and you have to feel like it was almost, like, a real reaction that she puts on the Sky Zone hat. And Catherine Hahn like, starts laughing. She's like, why <laughs> Why would they let you do that it, that almost also felt like an improv line the way it was delivered it was very funny it
1: very much did um oh this is hard i it's between for me the drunk mall shopping the saving christmas just because i liked how like they finally like found common ground together i like that was like very heartwarming for me and then the carolyn cup i thought was the funniest in terms of like Having Christine Applegate show back up and just how embarrassed she was, and then the dance moves that Christine Baranski was doing with the choir, so I was laughing funny. really hard. So uh, just the idea that she
0: had—just the idea that she had worked out different orchestrations yes. of Christmas carols that yes. no one was prepared for. Like the way they start flipping through their very thick <laughs> hymnals that she had given them, because yes. even the kids are like, "These are not how you sing these songs." But Christine Baranski had—she um, had worked out like a whole routine for them. It was yes. very funny. Very, very funny. Have you ever been Christmas carol? Is that a thing that exists in Texas at Christmas songs?
1: I think I've been like once um, and it would have had to have done it would have been with some sort of group thing like we had to do with Girl Scouts or something like that. Definitely not family related. Have you ever done caroling?
0: No, not around the neighborhood, though. I sing Christmas songs to anyone who will listen incessantly for several months a year uh, Christmas songs are never very far from my lips. So I, people get caroling from me on a rolling basis, not in an organized for a cup championship kind of way I see. no
1: so okay no. so which montage was your fave
0: i really enjoyed the sexy christmas dancing credits at the end it it seems like the kind of thing that would have been a very fun thing to shoot because they had everyone from the movie they even have they had the santa return
1: the sushi chef they
0: have the sushi chef who gets a lot of screen time in the end i know credits.
1: it's i i feel like he secretly was like a friend of theirs
0: or he something. had to have been someone that they knew because because he only gets like one really quick line where she shuts him down she's like, no. Like, because he starts yes. like he starts yes. to say something in Japanese, and she's like, "No," she like scolds well, she, him.
1: She, she, he's, he's like trying to draw her in. Yeah, she like shushes him, sushi kind of thing. Show, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, but I liked the whole idea of like Justin Hartley teaching Jay Hernandez and Peter Gallagher yeah. how to, like do their sexy dances and stuff. <laughs> the whole thing was very, very funny. I liked that they all got even. Like then, like the the grand the grand got to like get into the act and yes. just kind of be like raunchy and stuff and have fun. It seemed like a lot of fun for me. The mall Santa uh, drunk shopping scene totally worked for me. This is something I would do uh, maybe not lap dance Santa, but get drunk and then go do Christmas shopping with friends and stuff. Very much in like my wheelhouse of silliness that I would find very, very funny. When, in my Kmart days, I have taken over the PA systems in the store, and I have used them to say inappropriate things.
1: Oh my gosh. Um,
0: I have invited friends to do the, the same. I've never said I was drunk and horny over them, but yeah, all of that really worked for me. I liked the lap dancing Santa scene because I like the absurdity of it. There's something very unsexy about Kristen bell in this movie i found her character to be very not sexy
1: yeah well i mean that was on purpose
0: um, oh, extremely on purpose extremely on purpose so it like but it, but i think that made it funnier though was because like you know she was like like inverted over him kind of thing and like all the spanking i, I don't know if you I, I, remember but very, like very, in, very i don't know
1: if you ever saw Bom- bad moms the original but like she's still wearing like a nursing bra and like all this stuff. Like she is by far like the least overtly sexy of all of them. And it, I mean, it's hilarious, you know, because I know everyone knows moms like this that just gets stuck like,
0: yeah, yeah
1: wearing a nursing. Always bra wearing a sweater.
0: Like She's uh, but but Bicar- Carla pulls out like the Chick Fil A from her bra at one point during the montage. Oh, the, the whole, Chick. Uh, yeah, you know, like the 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 bolster, Not filet. the whatever, um, whatever, they, what's that called? Uh, where it, like increases the size.
1: Um, it's a like chicken cutlet.
0: Chicken is they call cu- I'm sorry, fillet. <laughs> I, 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 I said the wrong cut of the chicken.
1: It's called a chicken cutlet. That's what, but those what are what those actually are called? Oh,
0: yeah, no, no, I knew, I knew. I just I, I couldn't think of the name. I, that's why I said yeah. fillet. Uh, but yeah, yeah, really I thought funny you meant though, That coming... like
1: like I think you meant like the chicken nuggets. Like the chi- when she said pulled the Chick fillet out of her chest. No, no, like, the chicken cutlet had, like, like out of her like
0: montage. Like yeah. Yeah, really funny. And then like they they did the guy the Santa elf helper and the photographer for just sitting there taking a picture not understanding what's happening i like that the santa gets into it very very funny uh and, and <laughs> like funny but not in like a raunchy way like and i know like it sounds like it should be raunchy but it didn't hit raunchy it hit just like moms. And maybe who have that's
1: had... why it didn't work for me because i was like this is too dorky like it's too
0: it was very dorky because that's what i'm saying yeah. it was not sexy it was very Mm-mm. dorky but i appreciated that <laughs> I, I, I i really appreciate moms who have just broken oh no <laughs> uh, but like but like their brains have just broken they were like we are gonna get my, drunk that's a at- terrible thing to say but, but that's what happens though caroline they went to a mall to a food court and got blasted i know food i know court, I and know. then <laughs> rained havoc on this mall
1: i love it i love it i actually like that thought for a second like would my friends do that and it, it took me only about a millisecond to be like yeah they would yeah <laughs> they would totally do this only we would bring drinks from we have drive-through daiquiri uh places <laughs> so i get like a giant they have like a giant, like big gulp, like think like big 44 ounce, huge one of like a frozen daiquiri kind of thing. And that would be so much fun to then shop like that.
0: Yeah, no, I, it worked for me because it wasn't sexy because it was just like real identifiable moms just having a moment <laughs> of having had enough. Just, that's you know, funny. just at their breaking point during a really stressful time of the year. That That's why it worked for me, because it was dorky, because it wasn't sexy. You know, because I think, I think if it had been sexy, it would have been a different movie. Uh, I think the last cameo, really the last thing that I wanted to talk about was... Uh, the Wanda Sykes therapy session. Now, oh, yes. This
1: was good. This was some truth.
0: Oh, uh, Some real truth from Wanda Sykes. But before we even get there, uh, the idea of Sandy just naming off all of the different illnesses without oh, shame. Oh,
1: God. Made me laugh <laughs> so,
0: so hard. Because then she calls it back later on in the kitchen. And she starts adding to it. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, it was. When she was like, I have diabetes. I have shingles. I have yeah. polio. Yeah, it was funny.
0: There's another, uh, there's another outtake uh, from this where she says... Uh, there's a guy off screen. I must've been the director was feeding her different illnesses. And then she would repeat it back. And so the off screen, he says hep C. And then so Sandy and like her, Cheryl and her Sandy voice goes, I have hep C. That's short <laughs> for hepatitis. It was just so funny. <laughs> it was just so funny. But yeah, oh Wanda, <laughs> Wanda Sykes dropped some real truth oh, after, after. How did you
1: feel about what she said in terms of well, like, well, you let's know, listen it,
0: to it. And then okay. let's talk about it.
1: What is the matter with her? You really want to know? Yeah. Your mom was probably pretty normal before she had you. But then you were born. And you didn't sleep for six months. So she didn't sleep for six months. And you refused to eat. And when you did eat, you would barf all over her clothes. And that made your mom a little crazy. And then you fell off your bike and you broke your arm. And then you got bullied in school. And then you started dating that weird dude with the stick through his nose. And all those things made your mom a little more crazy. And then you got married and you bought a house you can't afford and you're raising kids who never say please or thank you. Shit, they can't even read. And all those things made your mom
0: super duper crazy. And now you come into my office and you go, Dr. Carl, why is my mom so crazy? And the answer is... You, motherfucker, you made your mom crazy. So be nice to your mom because you're the one
1: who fucked her shit up.
0: (laughs) It made very, me laugh again watching again. I was sitting here on mute, laughing again when she said, "You motherfucker, <laughs> you <laughs> so funny."
1: I agree. I think this is so true. i There had been a thing like a long time ago that I read that like with each kid, you lose like a third of your brain power. This is how bad I am at the maths. I was like, well, since I have three kids, that means like I lost my whole brain. But that's not how math works, Mike.
0: no but i see where you were going there i mean i see like basic (laughs) calc where you ended up losing three-thirds of your brain
1: that's how i felt and then it's so true it's like the third kid you're just like god i just don't even care like whatever are you still alive like fine it's fine i know i said to you the other day can i uber them to school
0: that's where i'm at that's where i'm at okay i just don't want to do it anymore a testament to our friendship and to also being a tired parent i started brainstorming how that could work with you
1: (laughs) you were like can you Uber them?" i was like they feel old enough
0: i feel like yeah if you work out some basic questions and prepare them with some (laughs) some faq you know i feel like
1: if i rode once with them in an uber and like did it like a like a whole exercise that it would be fine then they could definitely do it by themselves
0: <laughs> do you know i lost po- i I lost points i actually took a really hit to my uber rating as a passenger do you know that as a passenger you also have an uber rating that affects yes. how quickly you get responded to
1: yes i do
0: i uh, because i vomited outside <gasps> of an uber car and it really upset the driver he was well compensated i don't know why he got so upset Whoa. and i didn't puke in his car but i made it just it got maybe a little bit on this door but yeah you know. oh god <laughs> It was not Christmas time, so it's not really apropos to this podcast. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I definitely think that what Wanda has to say is absolutely the truth. It Does it apply yeah. to dads?
0: No, no, not really. Uh, I not- think it
1: does. You don't think that, like, it's like you like, like kids leaving the lights on and, oh, you got the thermostat tube, all that business. Isn't that totally what happens to dads? I,
0: I, well, so, here, so, so here's the thing. I think everything in this movie that is speaking to moms and mom pressures and what Wanda's talking about here, obviously, I didn't birth Tom. But yeah, all of the things, all of the crazy things that he's done, I had Tom when I turned 30, and I had a little bit of shades of gray at my temples when I was 30. I'm now 43, and I am quickly, rapidly turning gray-haired, and I (laughs) chalk most of that up to being a dad. Yeah. Um, it, because I mean, just, I mean, forensically, you know, it, it, it all coincides with that experience of being a dad and, and, and a pressure in, and the last four years, five years of being like a single dad and which is a whole extra level of pressure. Yeah. No, I think that's a lot there. I think a lot of the mom pressure here, it's mom as, as a stand in for parent who does a lot of the job by themselves. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a mom. Uh, it could be a dad, too. So, in a lot of ways, I, I feel that way. But there are some really specific things here that I can't identify with. Stuff like, how many times have I told you to turn the lights off when you leave a room or something like that? Right. Um, you know, clean the cat litter box. This was just There's the other dad day. stuff. Clean the cat litter box. Wake up the next morning, he didn't clean the cat litter box, and the cat didn't know that. Now the cat has made, like, a huge mess in the house. Like, why? Mm. Why? Like, oh, my God. You know, I just want to wring your neck kind of thing. So.
1: First day that I found a gray hair was when I came home from the hospital after having the girls. Like, I like look, I took a shower, looked in the mirror and I was like, uh, like I was 25, but it was like right in my hair part. I was like, Oh, I have a gray hair. Like it was definitely like the day I became a mom.
0: So, I, I think the scene works again. Just it's another unexpected layer of truth and like really, really good meaning. Like, this is a great movie for parents to watch with their adult children, kind of thing. Yeah. They, like, therapeutically, I think this is a movie that you can have a good conversation with as you laugh, but then be like, yeah, you've done this exact <laughs> thing to me.
1: I could have watched an entire movie of any one of these families. Isn't that funny? Like, I could have watched an entire Amy and Ruth, like the whole dicking around thing. Yeah. I could have watched an entire movie of just them.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, they're the central. I think cast. I, I think. It, I think I would get a little tedious or really be troubled with a uh, ISIS, <laughs> Carla, or a, a Kiki Sandy movie. But Amy and Ruth, though, because I think they're they're the central. They're the central story here. Uh to me yeah for sure and and there's a lot there i think they're both bringing a lot to the table the, and the first one also this is a story really from amy's point of view uh mm. where where kiki and carla are kind of like the supporting moms um yes. yeah so for sure and and there's a lot there and and there's like a, there's a whole we said it before like there's a whole well developed character here like i understand who both of these women are really, really well by the end of this movie. I feel like I understand all six of these women and, I and, do too. and and who they are, um, you know, by the end of the movie.
1: Are you ready to jump into, is this a Christmas movie?
0: Yeah, I think, I think we need to. Uh, so what, what's your, what's your take after watching this and thinking about it for a little bit?
1: I think it's definitely a Christmas movie without a doubt. This doesn't work any other time of year. This is got the Christmas music. It's got the pressures of the holidays. It's got everyone trying to do the right thing and just being so overwhelmed. So Yeah. Hands down, Christmas movie.
0: This is specifically about the difficulties and stress of being a mom and, and family at Christmas time and the pressure that we put on ourselves, warranted or otherwise, or the pressures that family put on us, warranted or otherwise. We played the clip before where Carla says, My mom's only staying with me because I think she wants to steal my TV. Yeah, Uh, there's an outtake blooper, an alternate line reading of that where she says, my mom's only staying with me because I think she wants to steal my identity. Oh, whoa! Uh, yeah, which like, you could see just as easily that line working with ISIS. Like, remember when she shows up, she doesn't even know that it's Christmas time. She's just dropping back no, into Carl's life. Easter. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I think this movie really, really captures and dives into it in a in a deeper way than I would have ever thought possible. The stress of being a parent. At Christmas time and trying to make it so perfectly for your kids and for your family and and respond to the generation above you and the expectations that never really go away, even when you're an adult, while also trying to make it the best you can for your kids below you, you know, when when Mila Kunis is sitting on the stairs and she's talking about, I just didn't ruin Christmas, I ruined my family, like. Yeah, that's that's something that people feel at this time. And I I think this movie really tackles it in an unexpected, sincere way while also having some really fun, raunchy humor added into it. Yeah. So I I think totally uh, a Christmas movie. Very, you know, not for everyone. This is obviously not a movie you can watch with your kids. Uh, uh, You know, there's no nudity. I think age wise, I put this probably at like a 14, 15 maybe i mean there's a yeah. lot of dick and ball talk in this movie with the waxing yes. and stuff but yes. i think a 14 15 year old could probably handle this and, and laugh um there's no nudity there's no sex there's no drug use uh there's just a lot of bad language and innuendo so
1: agree agree let's get into some trivia mike
0: uh hippie what do you got
1: um i thought it was super funny that carla works at the i don't know how you pronounce it but it's like okay like, ocole. Oh,
0: that, that's how "okole" was how I was saying it in my head. Yeah,
1: spa and "okole" is Hawaiian for butt. <laughs> that's super funny.
0: It's so funny when she's when she's talking about she's like. Uh, you know i don't understand why christmas time means that everyone has to have like a freshly shaved vag It's just so very very funny She
1: said waxed pussy
0: <laughs> yeah i know i know i know i feel weird saying waxed pussy on a podcast yeah, but, but
1: shaved vag is not. i guess <laughs> very
0: true very true i guess it's not uh it's not any better Plus
1: she's a waxer she's not a
0: shaver that's true that's true you're you're making all good points here you're thank all you good
1: hit here. me with the trivia
0: Amy's children complain about Ruth having uh, Ruth, uh, Amy's mom, taking him to see the Nutcracker, but not like the sweet, like dancing Sugar Plum Fairy version that we know, know, no, no, an original like five hour violent version of the Nutcracker. The joke here is that Mila Kunis is actually from Ukraine, uh, which was part of the Russian Soviet Empire in the 80s when she was born. And she also speaks fluent Russian.
1: That's wild. Yeah. So
0: you think she Uh, should have been into it?
1: When everyone goes to Sky Zone, they're all wearing the orange Sky Zone grippy socks. I noticed that. Sky Zone requires all jumpers to only wear their branded socks for safety and hygienic purposes. Actually, I have to buy them at the front if you didn't bring yours. But I have an entire drawer full of them.
0: I've never been to a Sky Zone.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I've got about I've got every size Sky Zone sock you could possibly need.
0: Trampoline <laughs> parks and stuff like that have only really recently exploded up here in the Hudson really? Valley. Yeah, it, we were like late bloomers with the trampoline park fad. I'd say mm. there's a couple of them, but I actually don't even think it's a Sky Zone. Our local mall here has one. But it's like, like urban sky something. Yeah, they have, like, yeah, they have yeah. urban air. All right, that's what it is. It's an Urban Air. It's urban Air
1: has blue and neon green socks. I also have an entire drawer of those.
0: That's very, very funny. <laughs> Folks out there, if you're looking for socks, call, call Caroline. Call me. I've got
1: plenty of pairs.
0: It's very, very funny. <laughs> this is actually the third film that Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell have started together. Uh, obviously, they were in Bad Moms in 2016, but they were first together in Forgetting Sarah Marshall way back in 2008. Uh, Yeah, and I I think just the last really fact here, I think we've said a lot of them during the episode, uh, this movie actually cost more than Bad Moms, to the original Bad Moms, and made less than the first movie. So uh, it opens November 1, 2017. It makes $130.6 million on a budget of $28 million. I think the first Bad Moms cost $20 million to make, and I think made like $180 million. So Mm. this one, not as successful, though, allegedly... Uh as far as like recently as like 2019, there is a third movie in the sequel uh called A Bad Mom Bad Moms Moms where it has Cheryl Hines Susan Sarandon and Christine Baranski reprising their role. Maybe oh, we nice. get to maybe we get to see the Wayne Newton Las Vegas I trip. I
1: would love to see that. I actually thought about like that that would be such a great movie.
0: I mean it really did seem like they were setting up a a road trip movie with those ladies oh gosh when they
1: were like like walking out of the of the house that was like so just like stomping the runway
0: oh you mean this one right here for all the badass moms in the world That's the way you end a movie.
1: Right? It was perfection. It makes you feel like stomping out of the movie theater. Oh,
0: for sure. I, <laughs> I was just sitting here. I have a my podcasting chair is like a little like bouncy chair. Uh, mm. it's got like springs on it and i was just Crazy. sitting here bouncing up and down like dancing to wow. that as i have been <laughs> the five times i've listened to it since watching the movie and then having to go capture the audio so
1: that's super funny yeah, hey super mike while movie. i'm thinking about my jingle bell ratings i need you to play me a clip of next week's movie
0: uh, i've got it right here this one
1: you've got a swear kill i said i would Wash your heart. Swear not to tell. If you do, I'll get to... I swear! Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready! Oh, my God! Prancer! Go ahead. Pat him. No, it's okay. I don't like animals that much anyway. Come on. That's not an animal. What are you doing here? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a hat rack. It's a reindeer, you nerd. I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not a terribly well-known movie, uh, but there is a clue in that clip, which I intentionally left. Just I so you assume
1: know. it's something to do with Prancer and the reindeer talk, but I don't know.
0: It's 1989's Prancer.
1: What? Okay. I didn't even know that was a movie. <laughs> oh, it
0: is. It's a heart t- oh, a wow. heartwarming film that I believe stars <laughs> Abe Vigoda is in it. Oh, let's see. Who else is in this? Uh, Sam. I drink
1: out. <laughs> Sam
0: Elliott. Cloris leachman
1: Cloris, i never get enough of her in my life
0: yeah 1989's prancer our farm girl nurses a wounded reindeer she believes is one of santa's hoping to bring it back to health in time for christmas her holiday spirit inspires those around her something her disheartened father is having trouble understanding oh wow yeah
1: that's super funny <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. sam elliott Cloris leachman rutanya alda Abe Vagoda uh rebecca harold tickle she plays jessica the little girl the like the main like lead uh johnny galecki johnny galecki in an early role pre-roseanne johnny galecki action for you available on stars if you have a subscription to stars otherwise you have to rent it on amazon or wherever you rent movies
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. You ready for some Jingle Bell ratings?
0: Oh, you know it. You Do you have your
1: spreadsheet out? Are you prepared with your numbers, your calculadora?
0: I am. I am.
1: (laughs) Well, I went first last week. That makes you first this week.
0: Well, generally, I originally had put Bad Santa at a seven. Uh, So uh, that was way back in week 10. I had put a seven. I'm actually reducing that down to a 6.5. Okay, So we're making an adjustment here, people. There's an adjustment, an official adjustment score. I'm reducing Bad Santa down to (laughs) 6.5 because I keep coming across movies that are in the sphere of Bad Santa that I like so, so much more than Bad Santa and that I feel are much more Christmas movie-like than Bad Santa. And so um, I just keep thinking that seven was just too high a score for Bad Santa. Um, I'm giving Bad Moms Christmas. I'm giving it a seven. 7.75. 7.75 7.75. 7.75 Jingle Bells.
1: Okay. Hit because, me with
0: why. Because I really liked it. I really think it's a great Christmas movie. I think it was a much better, well-developed, deeper story and really talked about a great issue that is very Christmas-themed. Uh, it loses points for me because you—it's not a family movie. You can't—it is a limited audience that you could watch this movie with, uh, and so I, it's losing points there for me. It also doesn't have as much Christmas music as I would like. It definitely had some Christmas songs in it, but the best songs were like "Motherfucking Woman," uh, which is not a Christmas song, <laughs> you know. So, so it's losing some points there for me. But I really did like it. I really thought it was funny. I think if you have older kids. Or if you just you and your your partner are looking to watch something Christmassy uh, and have a good time and laugh with, it's a great movie to throw on. So that's where I'm landing at seven and seven and three quarter Jingle Bells.
1: Oh, I'm right in the same exact area as you. I mean, I was really vacillating between 7.5 and 8. I know I've given a lot of our movies 8s, so that's making me struggle. I think I'm going to have to do a whole reassessment when we get down to the end of this.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to. We're going to have to. Yeah,
1: Yeah. but I I know fully that this is where it belongs, so I'm going to give it a 7.5 right now, and ironically, I was almost going to use the exact same verbiage as you were in terms of you can't just put this on at any time during the day. The kids need to be in bed, and uh, this needs to be later on, but this is the exact right movie, I think, to put on when it is, you know, midnight, you're drinking a glass of wine and you're wrapping presents and you're, and wrapping you're presents. It. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get it all done and you're just feeling so alone. Turn it on and you realize like all the other moms in the world are doing the exact same thing as you are right now. And I just think that it's filled with tons of good messages about, you know, family and traditions and what it means to be a good a good family tradition, I guess, which means like, you know, is there something to it that you can kind of like pass on to the next generation without having to hang on to the to the stuff that no one liked? You know, 184 people at Christmas Eve. I really was laughing because my parents have had up to like 60 people for Christmas Eve. And I was really laughing because I'm like, well, I've been there. And what happens is I become like waitstaff, you know, like I'm not even there for Christmas Eve. I'm just bussing tables and stuff. It's just crazy. So I've done that side and then we've all complained about it enough and got it back down to like a human number. So I've been there. This is so real. Yeah, I think the the whole thing.
0: I think anyone, anyone who has parents <laughs> and has gone through Christmas time will be able to find something here Uh, that they can latch onto across the six mom types that we see in this movie and the three generational relationships that we see in this movie. I I think there's something there really for almost everyone who has kids and also has parents and has had to go through uh, a Christmas season. I'm just thinking back to when Christine Baranski, when she says, you know, where's your tree? And uh, it's like, what, four days to Christmas, five days to Christmas. And she says, I haven't gotten around to it. And Christine Baranski, without missing a beat, says, you know, even the Jews have gotten a tree by now. Just Stuff like that just made me laugh out loud because it's just so vicious. And she says it without missing a beat, stuff like that. Man, I've known so many moms. <laughs> I've known so many grandmas that are like that in my life. It's just really, really funny. Some stuff that really just kind of like cut cut right through and just made me laugh. Oh, so.
1: I, I I may have been on the receiving end of the what's wrong with you <laughs> entire discussion where I'm like, I just don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, oh, you're being lazy or, or whatever. And it's like, ah, it just this just doesn't, work anymore
0: what what's wrong with you goes hand in hand with uh with uh dicking around oh can i yes. give you can i actually give you one more fast fact that we forgot because i had it on a different list sure so i was watching another interview with the ladies and the person asked them what were some christmas traditions that you had growing up and mila kunis talks about how she's actually jewish and so she didn't actually grow up with any but katherine Hahn had the most insane thing i've ever heard in my life and i wanted to share it with you and the listeners okay She's talking about how her mother used to make them sing "Happy Birthday to Jesus" on yeah. Christmas.
1: Yeah, uh, I actually uh, know a lot of people who do this,
0: and and but would and would celebrate it with a Baskin Robbins Santa Claus cake.
1: well that's extra funny yeah
0: so she's like there's so many levels of there that it's messed up that I have not passed on to my family (laughs) but just the idea of singing happy birthday to Jesus while getting ready to chomp down onto a Santa Claus ice cream cake is (laughs) so many levels of just messed up the kind of that's things that really funny. yeah you, that's how you wind up in front of wanda sakes as your therapist like stuff like that so. i
1: know a lot of people who sing happy birthday uh, with a regular birthday cake not not a not i, I a gotta tell you santa face that was
0: a that was a a, a tradition i had never heard before so, oh
1: really yeah, yeah no yeah. i think that that's that's definitely um definitely happening in the south without a doubt
0: that's very, very funny.
1: <laughs> Jesus is the reason for the season, Mike.
0: He is. He is. But I feel like so he should be above.
1: singing happy birthday? I feel
0: like he should be above wanting a cake and candle. Well, that was <laughs> one thing she said. But she's like, I don't even know how we used to do the candles. Like, I don't know how you figure out Jesus's birthday candle situation.
1: <laughs> that's really like, funny. I think you just buy the numbers, you know, at that point. Yeah, exactly. Jesus is a
0: second millennium old.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's really funny. <laughs> Guys, thank
0: you so much for listening to the 52 Weeks of Christmas podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the 52 Weeks of Christmas Christmas Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you could leave us a five-star rating, that would be fantastic, or else we're going to make you go watch a five-hour version of the Nutcracker, and you don't want to do that. Don't do it. Just leave us a five-star rating. It would be great.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening.
0: Motherfucking woman! Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production.